Welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. Well, Josh Kennedy will hang up his boots after this Sunday. He's a champion of the game. He's a champion of the Eagles. Is he the best ever? Well, um, I'll ask my co-host that in just a second and say, welcome to the show, Dan. How you going, mate? Yeah, not bad. Not bad yourself? Yeah, not too bad. I hate this weather. Uh, here and it's everywhere and around Australia, high winds, a lot of rain. Wayne can't be with us because of prior commitments, so unfortunately. Um, so I don't forget to say this at the end of the show. Um, next two weeks we'll be having a break because I'm overseas um, with other commitments, uh, but we, we will be back for probably the, that buy round of the, the footy for the finals. As we know, the Eagles won't be in there, so we'll probably do our season recap and where to go and who we like to pick up in the draft, maybe. But that'll be so the the bye weekend. I think it's the first round of the AFLW as well, so we might touch on Dan and Wayne's favourite subject, maybe. I'm not biting. <laughs> All right, Dan is um, JK the best ever Eagle, mate. Well, for me, he is. Um, It's great to be able to say you were able to watch uh, the Eagles' all-time greatest goal kicker. Um, To me, it was Cousins, Materi, JK, but I think he's now overtaken that. Um, You've got these great players. You can't judge it on Brownlow's alone. I've seen that comment, well, you know, even Prittis won a Brownlow. You can't can't really say that because Materi never won one. But he's still one of our best midfielders we've ever had. Yeah, Matera's runner-up twice. Yeah, yeah, so was yep. Kerr too, I believe. So we've had all these great midfielders. Um, and I think the fact we've had so many great midfielders, it shows it's easier to get a great midfielder if that's if, oh, well, if that makes sense. Yeah, Midfielders get, are a dime a dozen. Yeah, to get a power forward and for them to kick the most ga- goals for your club ever, to me that, that stands alone. That's a record worth keeping. And to me, he's done in an era where it's not easy to do. And you look at his um, – I love my statistics, so here we go. If you look at his averages, goals per game, he's better than Hawkins. He's better than Rewalt. He's better than all, a lot of these players that are around his goals. Goals per game, it's not even close. He has them all. So he's even better than all the others forwards of this era, um, minus, I think, Franklin alone. Um, so, yeah, for me, here's what about yourself? Oh, look, um, if he's not the best, he'd be in the top three. Um, I've had the privilege, I saw him. Peter Matera was probably my idol. But like you said, you, you, you built a good case. Um, and Carl Langdon said it on 6PR a couple of nights ago. The full forward position compared to now to what it was in the 90s or the 80s or even the early 2000s is they're, they're doing more miles. It, than midfielders were doing back in the day. You know what I mean? So it's a different sort of athlete. Um, and when JK come into the game, he's probably had to change his game going forward. And like you said, his career speaks for itself, mate. 12 times he's kicked five goals in a game. Eight times he's kicked six. 12 times he's kicked seven plus. Uh, he's kicked two bags of 10, which were against Bulldogs and Carlton, and a bag of 11 against GWS. Um, yeah, and I, I think he's 11 times he's kicked 40 or more in a season. Yeah, that's amazing stuff there, isn't it? you know, for the modern day four, that's really good. 
Um, so I, I, I take him away from the lockets and the ablets of that era and look at the modern day forwards. And yeah, well, when you think about it, the only guys that are close to him on goals is Rewalt at uh, Richmond. Yep. Sort of a different another player again. And then you've got Hawkins has probably come up. He'll probably be the next one to come up. And Cameron. And so, yeah, there's not too many good. Every team would kill for this guy. Yeah, and that's why I use them in that example for that stat. Yep. He still averages more goals per game than them because they've paid more games, so that's why they're up that calibre. But it's just funny with these goal tallies. You know, the, the uh, Dunstalls, the Lockets, the Ablets, all these thousand goal goal kickers, they're all from basically the same era. They didn't kick many goals back in the past. I think O'Reilly, O'Reilly, no. There's one that's done it. And then all the rest were from those players from the late 80s, 90s players. And then you've obviously got Franklin who did it this year, which was remarkable. Oh, yeah, keep forgetting about yeah, Franklin. <laughs> but it was only that one period era. And they weren't better forwards. It was just for some reason that game style back then yep. really worked for power forwards. I don't understand why. But you, you look at it and statistically they all played in the same era. So you chuck in a JK back then, you're like, well, I wonder how many you could have kicked back in oh, that yeah. game. Back, back in the days where I was playing – He'd be up in the thousand, you know, goals in his career. You know what I mean? Um, this year he's on, what is it? I think he's on twenty nine goals. So that's his second lowest. But he hasn't played every game. Um, the only other time he's played, I think he played nine games in two thousand and eighteen. No, two thousand twelve, and he only kicked eight eighteen goals. So, um, and I'm not counting the first year because he didn't really play too many games. And it, and as we all know, the Judd and who else was in it? Marston, Kennedy and not. Now people can sit back and say who won the trade. And still, and I, I know a lot of people in Victoria are probably going to say Carlton got it because they got Judd and they got a Brownlow, but really he's a generation player, Kennedy, and look what he's done for the Eagles. I don't think there's many people in Victoria – that actually feel that way, was it? Oh, I've been listening to a, a lot, lot of podcasts. Of, a lot of um, comments and that. Unless they're diehard Blues supporters. Well, it is, or they, they, they forget about Chris Maston as well. Like, they, they really do. So they only bring up the Judd and him. And it, it's unanimous now that JK was the better player. And even Waitley said, they Carlton didn't know what they were giving up. They were using him as a ruckman for a majority of the yeah, time. Yeah, but they didn't then. want to give him up. No, they, they knew yeah. he was a great player, but they didn't know that's the player they Pick were giving up. Four. And, um, yeah, like, as I said, midfielders are dime dozen. Seven years for Judd there. We got the best out of Judd. Um, and then, what, 14, 15 for Eagles? JK played. There's no way. Yeah, he's been there since yeah. 2008. So. so I haven't actually really heard many people say can't want that trade. I, and I'm surprised that they did heavily favour um, JK. But it's been like that for a couple of years now. It really did shift where it's not even now. It's just back in vogue now because he's retiring. That question's asked. Yeah. But even up until two years ago when we won the premiership, they were saying, yeah, Eagles clearly won that trade, you know. Kick well, you a three in a grad final, you know, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, other things that come with him. Marson was 200-game player. Not, not pro- was probably the only guy that didn't really get on the park, but, yeah, a few ruckmen to get in front of, and he was p- considered a ruckman when he wasn't really a ruckman. Um, but we'll talk about some of the ruckmen on our list at the moment later on in the um, in the show. But, look, JK, legend. Of the game, champion of the game, and from all reports, people that know him really well, a champion bloke, 
and listen to his interviews in the last couple of days. He, him, like Monday, it's not about him, it's about the club, it's about the game. And it's funny when they get to talk about the club, they talk about the harder parts than all the glory stuff that made them who they are. So, yeah, you know, good on him. We salute you. And if you're going to the game, get down there. JK's last game, so hopefully we get a win for him. Let's talk a bit of other footy. Um, we go from probably JK to one of our newest players in the team. Had a bit of a brain fade. He was, uh, we're talking about Jai Cully there. Cited for an incident on Noah Anderson during the second quarter. It was excessed intentional conduct, medium impact, high contact, which was too much sanction on his first offence. And you can get that with an early plea or choose to challenge it. And we didn't challenge it. Probably because he's done his hamstring. Well, <laughs> what do you reckon? Lucky time for that. But he deserved to. I'm happy yep. with two. Um, <laughs> it he, was a brain. He's raised his arm, elbowed him in the face. It was very weak, so luckily it didn't do any damage. But you can't be elbowing people in the face. So yep. to me, that's two. I didn't like the look of it at all. Um, yeah, the look wasn't good. It didn't look, it, like you said, it wasn't vicious, but it wasn't a good look for the game. No, no, and, and like, he, he was and intentional. He didn't connect properly, so. Yeah. So, yeah, look, Jai, you had a brain fade. Time to think about it. Uh, he might be back for the last game, but I don't think so. If he's done a hamstring as well. They said he was a test for the hamstring, but didn't look like he had much ice on it either. I don't know if you saw the vision for that. Oh, but sometimes you don't see any ice on it, so the fact he had some means there was something there. Yeah, so. I would like to see him back uh, for the last round, just get that extra game into him, but we'll see. And that's against Geelong, so it could happen. Uh, I'm really well, that last game against Geelong, guys. Um, that is now in. Um, you know they had a more floating, so it's uh, what day is it? It's on the Saturday, August the twentieth. It's a four thirty-five p.m. So two thirty Western Australian time. Um, the last time the Eagles won back in, at the Cattery was in. 2006, with that 54-point comeback. Sorry, I'm just flabbergasted a Saturday, you say. You sure it's not a Sunday? No, it's definitely Saturday. Well, I didn't realise we played on any other days, but Sundays, <laughs> to be honest. Fridays it? or Sundays. So that's uh, locked in now. Um, a few questions I'm going to send your way, Dan. We had a draw in round 19, uh, Richmond and Fremantle. Uh, both teams would be spewing now for their ladder positions. Uh, do we keep it the same for home and away or do we adopt what we do in the finals extra time each way? Oh, personally, I've never liked a draw. I, I hate draws. I'm critical of soccer for that reason. There's a lot of draws. I hate it. I reckon get rid of it. But if the question was um, put towards me, uh, will it change? It's not going to change. They'll keep the draw. Um, I don't like it, but they will. Yeah, look, I'd love to see him change it. Um, you know, if, as a player... It's really flat when you, you play in a draw and you sit there and go, geez, or, you know, it's just, it's a real, real hard feeling to describe, but it's just like you put in two and a half hours going hard at it and then you come out and there's no, no win or loss, you don't know how to feel. I'd love to see it change. Like, I agree, I don't see they will change it, but I reckon they should. They change everything else, so why not? Uh, the Pies, mate, uh, 10 straight. They've won nine by 11 points, and I don't think it's done, been done in a while. Can they finish top four, man? They're the lowest percentage of a top four side at round 21 in the competition ever. 
Um, yeah, they can finish top four. They've got Carlton, I think, the last uh, game of the round. So if they beat that, they can they can make it. Um, here's a question for you though: Was if you just took percentages, where do you think they'd be on the ladder? So forget wins. Ah, oh, they'd be in the bottom four, wouldn't they? No, no, a percentage. Oh, percentage. Bottom four. Well, they would, that's a big sack. They'll be ninth. <laughs> No, so they wouldn't it? even be in the top yeah, eight. Oh, yeah, I know. Because yeah. Richmond were the other way around. That they are around the same percentage, aren't they? The, no, they've got good percentage because they got the but couple lost, of great ones. They've but, lost the games where Collingwood have won. Yes, that 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 that's my point. And was that'd it? Be so top two. That's why people like I don't read too much in percentages because it's like you've just got to win the game. I've always said you've just got to yeah. win the game, but a lot of people do read a lot in the percentages. Their percentage is so low they're not even a top eight side. So. My point is, look at that side right now, and you throw Tigers in there, because where we're at, you hear a lot of things, oh, they're, they're above us, they're, they're in front of us. You know, I've heard comments, and especially earlier on. But I don't actually believe that, because the powerhouse teams a few years ago, it was the Eagles, it was Collingwood, and it was Richmond, we were always the ones in finals, we're the ones that made grand finals, we made two, you know, 1-1, one, one. you know, Collingwood made one, Richmond made bloody three, you know what I mean? So, to me... I don't think they are ahead of us because they're still going for that cup. And because their percentage is so low, that's more a correct indication where they're at. And Collingwood, to me, they're not a young side. It's a bit to see. They're still relying on Crisp. They're still relying on Taylor Adams. They're yep. still relying on Pendlebury. You've got Moore and Howe down back. You know, uh, Cox um, and Grundy are old. But even, um, oh, mental blank right now. Cameron, their other ruck that's filling for Grundy, playing very well. But he's not young. He's 27, 28 years old. You know, so still side bottom, another one. Um, Dugowie when he plays, you know, and he might be gone. They still rely on all their senior players, pretty much like what we do. So they're going to have a drop-off. And realistically... Karma, it always comes back around. They're not, and yes, they do say they train for it, but every club trains for these close wins. They're not going to have the right bounce of the ball, we'll call it that, every game or in the future. So they might, you take half of those nine wins now, isn't it? Let's say you take four of them off. They would be outside the yeah, they'd eight be then. Outside. Yeah, and they'd they were like be, Richmond. Yes, and Richmond didn't make the finals last year. Yeah. They were about ninth or tenth. We were ahead of them last year. So the question of they're ahead of us, I don't think so. I think we're ahead of them because we are now getting these bottom picks where I can see those teams, both those teams, dropping right off soon. Like in the space of 12 months, 24 months, I think they'll be bottom four sides. Yeah. Um, so in hindsight, it's almost great that where we are and our hands were forced with injuries and COVID to put us where we are because now we are rebuilding and those sides, it's a false dawn for Collingwood. That's what I'm trying to get at. And that's where some of the Eagles are going to fall into it because last year Collingwood was 17th. Yes. Right? And now, and I, I agree 100% with you. And um, their the age profile is pretty similar to ours, but we're in a probably better position now. But that's why I'm saying a lot of Eagles fans are thinking, well, we'll finish at the bottom. We're going to bounce back. And we probably could next year with, with the list we got. Well, the funny thing is... I and think we should with the list we got. There's only really one young player they've got. They've got good young players, mm. but let's be honest, it's Dacos the star, and they got lucky to get him from father son. Because yeah. they haven't had the picks even last year when they finished right down, but they didn't have them. So if we get a great kid at pick two or three, whatever it's going to be, or if the season ends poorly, pick one, you know, we could be in that position, but see, our get-out-of-jail-free card is we already got 
Chessa, you know what I mean? And we've already got a few other young, like even Allen, the power forward, where they still don't have a power forward, you know what I mean? So there's a little bit of that we could be up again before them. Um, Richmond, I think, is going to finish... Oh, they did beat Brisbane, so they might make the eight, but they'll finish close to where they are between the eighth and tenth on the ladder, well, and it's not where you want to be. To me, that's no man, no man's land. Well, I reckon Collingwood will lose the next three. Uh, I reckon Carlton will beat them in the last round, and Richmond will miss out on the eight. Um, quickly, before we get into the game, um, Hinkley, um, I don't know if you've read stats, because I know you love your stats, but Hinkley, he has the most... Most games coached at one club without a grand final appearance in VFL, AFL history. Um, and Ivor hasn't won a premiership. Um, he's got – will he get a coach – will he be the coach next year? I think he will, purely on the base. I think he's contracted for next year. I don't think he'll be the coach after that. Um, you'd have to make – You'd have to wasted, make the finals high up. Wasted chances. Like, they've paid in yeah. that many prelims. They've – been in the top four, what, two, three years in a yeah. row now. It's well, the current 10 season coaches, Chris Scott, he's been in two grand finals for one flag. Longmire, three grand finals for one. Hardwick, three for three. Hinkley, none for none. And then it makes it look even worse when Beveridge has been at the Bulldogs less and been two grand finals and a flag. And Simo, two grand finals and a flag. And they've been at their um, clubs less and... I've, I've said it before on this podcast. Seemingly said, if you haven't got your team into a grand final in seven years, you shouldn't be the coach of your club. Yeah, I know I agree with that. And, you know, I'd be biting the bullet if I was poor Adelaide. I know they don't want to hear it. But, um, you know, you know, unless something dramatic is going to happen overnight next year, uh, I just can't see it happening. Uh, anyway, that's enough about general footy and that. Uh, let's get into the final siren. <laughs> It's the final siren. Well, in a game that had everything from high-flying marks to simple mistakes and fumbles um, and a barn-storming finish, uh, the Sun starved off uh, the Eagles' fight back, uh, 16-11, to 16-8, um, It was one of the games for me, personally, where, again, and we've harped on it all year, one quarter of footy's let us down. So I thought the second quarter, again, was our worst. And then our second half was, uh, it was like watching a different team, Dan. But Gold Coast led by 37 points at, in late in the second quarter. Uh, halfway through the third, we got it down to 13. I'm thinking, what a great comeback. Then the tides turned again. Uh, sun's back out to 31. You're sitting there going, oh, well, maybe we spent all our petrol tickets. But... We got back and, you know, with 40 seconds ago, three goals were kicked. Mm. So it was one of those games where could have, should have, um, didn't. Um, it was a, a, it's an amazing game. The, the Suns won the clearance by, battles by 15 and inside 50 by 17 and we, we nearly come home with a win, mate. So it's, We didn't get it, the win, so you're a bit salty that you don't get the win. But as a game, that was a ripper of a game. As you said, three goals in like the last 60 seconds of the game. Uh, it was close. You had highlights. You had Darling kicking six goals, you know. So there was so much to like about that game. And you are correct. We, we paced bad quarter. But what I'm going to throw something out else, else out there that annoys me almost more is I can accept a bad quarter because I can accept momentum swings in games. It happens in 
every single game. There is momentum. I don't know why. I can't explain it. But you see it. Even the best teams, there is momentum swings, yeah. and they're quite significant. What annoys me, and this is a bit more not noticeable, but when we do have momentum, sometimes we don't capitalise, and that's what annoys me more. So against Saints, I think it was the third quarter, we dominated. I think we had the most inside 50s for a quarter like this year. Yeah, we did. We had 20. Yeah, yeah. it was unbelievable. And I, I said, I sat there with Big and Tom from Eagle goals, Fan TV, yeah. and I said, mate, was it just me, or did we just dominate that quarter? Like, the whole quarter was in our half of footy, but we didn't capitalise. Yeah. I thought, to, to be honest, I thought that was our first quarter. I thought we had momentum, and then there was two things we didn't do. We were very inaccurate at goal. I think we kicked 2-4. If it was 4-2, then suddenly in the close game, that's the difference. Yeah, 2-4. Yeah. We, we only had ourselves to blame, because we didn't convert... And we were sloppy and so and the turnovers was a like we were our own worst enemy. So we were doing the right things and then turning it over and then now scoring off turnovers. And that happened so much in the first quarter. But even though they were scoring off turnovers, it was almost like we had momentum. We we're just shooting ourselves in the foot with that momentum because I honestly feel like we had more chances. And I believe even statistically we had more chances than them in that quarter. But yet we lost the quarter. Um, but we it. We still had momentum in that quarter. Yeah. So we didn't capitalise on that momentum. And that's what bugs me more almost than dropping a bad quarter is when you have momentum, you've got to punish that other team because they're not going to sit there and take it. It will swing their yeah. way. So when it swings your way, you need that buffer. And you just said turnovers. For the first half of the season, we were the worst team of in scores from turnovers against us. We have improved that, but it's still a bit too many for my liking. And teams are getting on the turnover. I don't know if that's because our defensive field isn't set up right or it's just bad luck. But sometimes they're – I'm not going to pull out the guy's name, but one guy in the back line did my head in all week or game. He, You don't hold a person's jumper because you're going to get pinged. There's three umpires on the ground. You're going to get pinged. Just don't, just don't hold the jumper. And they were little holds and you get goals out of it and that's what pisses me up the wall. All right, let's not talk about the umpers as such, but I've got a question for you. Is there a rule if you accidentally inf- like accidentally give away free kick, it's not a free kick because it was an accident? No, no. So it's not? So, uh, so wait, so if you were saying, and this isn't what happened, but say I accidentally clipped you in the head with my elbow. That's it's a free n- kick. It, but if it was an accident, was it, is it still a free kick? No, but, no, um, yeah, it's a free kick. Yeah, so free no, kick. I'm agreeing with you. So, so why the hell in a throw-in when Rao's got his eyes on the opposition <laughs> player... If he's got his eyes on the opposition player, not watching the ball and trying to impede the other player, it's not a block, but it hits him because he's not watching the ball. Is that not a free kick to the Eagles? It should, uh, it should be balled up again. Well, if it's not, though, no, no, I understand and, if it was balled up and again. And they got a goal out of that. Yeah, they did get yeah. a goal. But to me, there is no such thing as it's not a free kick if it was an accident. That's not a rule. Yeah, if I, you I, accidentally I tackle you someone high, it's a free kick for high. It's not, oh, he accidentally tackled him high, so it's not free kick. I don't care if he accidentally hit that ball on the full in a throw-in. It still hit him first. As I said, it wouldn't have happened if he, A, had white eyes for the ball. But if they decided to re-throw it in, which they kind of actually should have, that's different. That, they, that, I, I accept that. It wasn't that, a good throw. But the fact they didn't... Well, that's to why. me, he's a free kick to the Eagles. Well, it's le- black and white. It's over a free kick to the Eagles, or you just ball it up again. And the umpire made a mistake, and they made a few. But I thought you were directing 
the question that uh, this person holding the jumper all the time. Because I just use that, that as a, you know what I mean. Because uh, well, well, um, yeah. I'm just sick and tired of this one player holding jumpers, but he, he's getting away. Well, he I, doesn't get away with it. But I just use the umpiring yeah. bit as a segue <laughs> into that. Was a <laughs> um, before we talk about the Eagles players, took Miller. Man, I, I got him down as a Brownlow medalist. No, nah. I, I think they've won enough games, and every time they've won games, I, I've and I've watched a lot of the Suns. I don't know why. It's just you, you watch the Suns. You want them to. You want them to be good. And he had twenty nine possessions, six clearances. No, that was um, Noah Anderson. He had thirty one disposals, sixteen clearances, sixteen clearances in a game of football, and ten tackles. Yeah. It, it was even in the last minute. When we it was three points down, he was one that got the clearance or off Rao, and then he he handballed it off to whoever kicked it. I think it was Roses kicked their goal. Um, that guy, if he was in Victoria, he'd be getting lauded how good he is. Well, the fact you just swap plays there makes me wonder. Think that Toot can't win it, and the, another glass half full thing to give the fans hope. I like to try and give them hope. It's been a horrible year. We all recognise that. Noah Anderson. Was a pick two in the draft. Yeah, Rao was pick one. Look at the player Noah Anderson has become. He's oh. become better than Rao. Like Rao could improve. Twenty nine right possessions now, and six clearances. Yeah, and he was a pick two. So sometimes that pick two, you can get a a good player. And I don't know. Are we talking about who we want to pick? Well, because I'm after an outside Sardis. Basically, we're, we're he's after an, Sardis. Yeah, he's an outside be. runner, can play inside, and he's quick. Yep. So to me, it's like he won't go number one because it'll be Ashcroft or Wardlaw. It'll be the, one of those yep. two, probably Ashcroft. We don't know what's going to happen. And Brisbane will get but that. But then I'm I'm one of Sardis, and because he's got pace, and he didn't play in the under nine uh, under 18s carnival, so you wouldn't have actually seen him a lot. Um, actually. He might be coming back for the last game. He is back for the last, last game. Last game, so yeah. And Wardlaw as well. Yeah, so watch this play. And the fact he's quick and can play outside as well fits us perfectly. And use Noah Anderson as a great example of sometimes the pick two can become the better player. It happens a lot. Well, you, you, what you said, um, Ashcroft's going to be number one pick. So Brisbane's going to... From all reports today, he's playing Brisbane Reserves uh, free games before uh, the grand final's on. So all reports, he's gone to Brisbane. So they'll take him with first pick. Eagles all over. If North Melbourne, they're going to have the first pick at the moment. So if they go Wardlaw, we're going to go Sardis. If they go Sardis, we go Wardlaw. Wardlaw is a great player too. That's what he's he's rated better, but he's an inside bull. Where but, I like yeah. Sardis because he's an outside runner as well. Can play inside, but outside and runner. To me, I've looked at North Melbourne's list and they'd be looking at Wardlaw more because yeah. they've got plenty of outside run. And everyone listens to this podcast over here. So Sardis, if you do get picked <laughs> by the Eagles, remember we touted you, said, we said we wanted you, so you have to come on give a guest appearance. Okay, uh, tell uh, one of my ex-footy teammates, son plays in the same team as him over, over East. Oh, so really? tell him, yeah, get, it, get him to the Eagles. Yeah, I've been um, eyeing him off. Well, we'll talk about the Eagles. Um, we've talked about JK and how great he is at full forward. And on the weekend against the Suns, it showed what footy could be like without JK. And Darling stepped up to the plate, six goals. That was brilliant. That was one of his best games. I've seen him play in quite a few years. That was first half of 2018 style, that, wasn't it? And He, he dominated. And to be honest, tall forwards isn't what I worry about at all. That, that's something I'm not like, oh, that's something we've got to worry about. Um, 
the forward line in general is not really something I'm worried about too much. Yeah. Um, because you've got Darling there. You've got Allen to come back. You've got Waterman, who's been great the second half of the year. Um, I think a lot of these players that are hitting that 50 games mark were a bit critical on early. But it's hard when nothing's going right in the team and there's no consistency in that team to really dominate. Once the team got a little bit more settled, Waterman, I found, played a lot better. But then we've got young Jack Williams playing a lot of waffle games too. Um, and he's a big boy. Like he, Mate, He's got a bit of weight more to put on. You know how much I raved about him, man. But that's what I mean. So I am not worried. For his time. Yeah, I am not worried at all about life after Jay. And that's not disrespecting Jake. I've already said he's my favourite player. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I know a lot of people <laughs> disagree with it. But because, you know, the fancy plays are the midfielders. But you've got to respect the forwards. Um, but, yeah, that that to me is not – and even the small forwards, you know, Chris will probably go around again, but you've got Ryan Rioli, you know, and you've got Petch. You know, we've got a few that go into that thing. Um, but, yeah, tall forwards, I think we're stocked for. I think we've got yeah, – we're, we're good with key positions. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so. And Darling doing that just reinforced that on the weekend. And But what a great game. The way he was marking, the way he moved around. And you just, see it. He was confident. Yeah. And – and he was grabbing the marks and he was doing little clinch fists. Yeah. You know, I've got this, you know, I'm going to have a good game. And the forwards all went over and backed him, uh, got over to him. And it was a great game. Like you said, Waterman probably had a first half, was pretty quiet. But the pressure he's putting on defensively, yeah. he, I've raved, he's the most improved player of the year at Eagles. A guy that's been much maligned and he's out again with injury. So he come back from a hamstring He's done it again. But Petrocelli, he did all the things that you want to see. Mate, that <laughs> I feel you know he's I mean? not getting the credit because he has bad games. So when he has a good one, people don't want to give him the credit. But a three-game yeah. goal, that's what Isaac Rangan got. He only kicked three goals. Yeah. And you put them next to each other, the stats. No one's talking about Petch, but everyone talks about how great Rankin was. And the funny thing is, he's had a lot of those games this year, but he didn't convert, where he's kicked one, two, or, or two, two, you know, where he could have got a little bag and then there would be pressure. My most yeah. disappointing thing about Petch right now, and it's not in Petch's control, and yes, I, I admit he has had horrible games and it annoys me because I was like, if you convert, I wouldn't have to defend you as much. Yeah is the fact he was my player to watch at the beginning of the year. He was training the house down. He's had two hamstring injuries, and now he's got this small strain now, or hamstring awareness. And I'm like, if you didn't do those hamstrings, so let's say two, three hamstrings this season, would we have seen a better player? Well, he's only had five games this year, I think. And it's all been injuries and, and COVID. But I just want to go over his dis- uh, disposal. He had 13 disposals. So you're probably sitting there, oh, he, he didn't have that much of ball. But he had six marks, three tackles, six inside 50s, 400 metres gained and six score involvements. And that's what I want to see from him. And I can't remember who it said it was on a podcast. It could have been Scoey because I listened to them quite a lot. He said he's one of these guys that's not going to do it every week, but he shouldn't be maligned for it. He's, he's one of these guys that he's got that little bit of an X factor. When he switches it on, he switches it on. And if he can do that more often, I think – People are going to jump off his back. Um, I just want to quickly go through some other players. I thought- oh, just sorry, quickly, while we're still on Petch. Yep. Rankine kicked three goals, had 12 disposals, had three tackles, only two marks. So the statue out, Petch yep. had the better game it on did. paper. But because Rankine's Rankine and does it more consistently, Crow's like, we're giving you our first pick and more for him next year. That's the rumour he's 
going to Crows. Did you hear that today? I know, no. Yeah, so he hasn't signed the contract and it looked like he was staying at Suns, but he's bombers. gone. No, no, apparently he's a distant South Australian boy and Crows like, yep, you can have our first pick and we're willing to pay more, basically. But I don't know why a club would uh, say that, so that's obviously me. But that's what I mean. Like, you're comparing yeah. someone like, of his quality and then Petch's game, Petch's was better. And they're, they're not saying that was a bad game by Rankine. They're, they're raving about that game by Rankine. And so, well, Petch did it at the other end. And let's be honest. He and Darling really is why that was close. Between the two, nine goals yep. between just those two. Um, yeah, look, can't disagree on any of that. Um, Liam Ryan took a great mark on the goal square. But oh, was to it? Go for a score review. Everyone knew it was a mark. Um, Marby Chol, I said Five at the start goals. of the, same, start of the uh, show, High Flyers, he took <laughs> – who was it on Gaffy? I think it was a Gaffy. Yeah, on his yeah, two fifty. Yeah, it was on Gaffy. Um, that was a great mark. And to me, Harry Edwards, that's where you got to close in a bit more. Um, but he, like again, five goals. He only had eight, nine possessions. He got five goals. Mm. You know what I mean? So you don't have to have that many possessions to ch- change your game. Um, I just yeah, uh, Redden. I thought did pretty good for a midfield. He kicked two goals. He got forward for once. He 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 did what. We, we always talk about his metres gains. This was one of his better gains. He had nine score involvements. I thought it was just a better game from him because he got on the scoreboard. No, definitely. It hasn't and changed my opinion of it. And one of those goals was a cheeky little soccer oh, from yeah, Dixon's back. And, and yeah, he, he did go, woo. Yeah, because Dixon back soccered it. It was a funny goal. One guy got bagged by everyone last week because he had four touches. He had four touches in the first three minutes of the game. He ended up with 28 disposals, but he had 607 Meters gain, ten inside, uh, ten score involvements, eight inside fifties, seven clearances, and those people that want to bag him each week, make sure next week when you're on social media that you talk about him in a good light of you. Oh well, he was by far our best midfielder out there. Um, that was a horrid game. I'm not defending that. Yeah, game no, last we're week. not defending him. But um, if you're going to bag somebody, make sure next week oh, that you. Oh no, a hundred percent. And it comes to the Petrocelli thing. Obviously, not to the same degree because Cali does perform at a way more consistent level where Petch deserves it to a small degree. But it's kind of what you said. When they do have a good game, don't give a backhanded comment out yeah, because they had a good game. A lot of people um, are doing it. Yeah. But to me, and some people ask why meters gain is an important stat. I love the meters gain because it shows you're attacking and you're going yeah. forward. 607 meters gain, that's big to me. Um Red and I agree, best game for the year too. Um, they're, they're our two best midfielders on the day. Um, and it's great to know that Kelly's going to be around for, you know, another four years, you know, because he's only 28 now. So yep. still got a lot of put Sheed back in with him. I can't wait to see those two back together because they work so well together. Um, I just can't wait to see Yoey back. And if he's on the halfback, him and Jones attacking. Because if both of them are doing it, I think we've got a good thing going. Oh, definitely. Jonesy, I thought, you know, he's another guy that gets a bit maligned, but I'm loving his dash off the halfback, and I think they found his position. He came in this year as a forward, now he's a halfback. I, I wasn't as high on him at halfback on the Saints game because he blazed away too much. This game he, he – and it was pretty feedback from the coach because they yeah. probably seen the same thing. They're obviously smarter men than we are. Well, maybe. And <laughs> – <laughs> Like, but this he, he 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 attacked, but with more precision. If that makes yeah. sense, it wasn't just bombing down the line to two to ones, you know. And um, Wayne's very high on Yo at half back. I do like him in the midfield, but for now, until we get that settled, him running back, that's great. And uh, did you know Shuey played a bit on the half back on the weekend? Yeah, yeah I'm liking Shuey's game. Something He's different. Quietly going about his business. So um, that's what we need. All right, let's get in the bounce down. It's 
Bounce Jack. All right, the Eagles versus the Crows this Sunday. Yes, it's a Sunday. Um, it's the last home game at for the year for the Eagles uh, at 2 p.m. to 2.10 p.m. to be precise at Optus, live on KO, Fox and Channel 7. It's going to be a ripper. You've got to get down there for JK. It's his last game. So the crowds have been pretty poor this year. There's no excuse this year. Uh, this one. It's the last game. The weather's going to be fine from the looks of it. Get Ooh. down there. No, nah, it's going to be rainy. Oh, but what? R- rain, hail or shine, you should still get yeah. there for JK's yep. game. Get down there. I think you can get masks of JK now. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be interesting. Um, I don't know if he's going to like that one. Anyway, the Crows are coming off a 29-point win against the Blues. They're six wins, 13 losses. They're 15 from the ladder. Um Eagles and Crows have met 52 times. Eagles are up 30 to 22. The biggest ever win for the Eagles, and this is our biggest win ever, is 135 points. That was round 1995 at CB. And the Crows, their biggest win against Eagles is 86 points in 2013. And that was also at CB. Well, I was very surprised that it was at CB. So um, I can't remember what happened there. That would have been the last round of the... Home and away season. Can't remember where we finished in 2013. Can't well, imagine it being very good because I nah. uh, wish it got fired. So I think yeah, that's actually was his yeah, last. Yeah, it would be his last year. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So we wouldn't have finished in the finals anyway. Um, look, um, let's go on to injuries before we get into the game. Eagles. Rhett Bezo was a test with an ankle, so I was Rotham. Uh, so he he'll probably come back in. I reckon. Uh, Alex Wivenden. He's a test. With a hamstring, Jai Cully's got two-week suspension but a hamstring. Yowie's in cotton wool for the rest of the year with a calf. Petricelli the same with hamstring. And all these other guys are, as we know, McGovern, Joyce, Sheed, Chesser, Cole, Allen and Luke Edwards haven't played for ages. So that's the Eagles injury list there. The Adelaide injury list, well, you'd love to have an injury list like this. They've got three out for the season, McPherson, Seedsman and Sloan. Um, uh, Tom Doty's a test for this week, so is Riley Thilthorpe. Um, and Joshua Shelley played in the SNFL last week, so he could be an inclusion. Um, players to look out for. Look, they, Dan, I don't know if you watched the game against Carlton. They are very aggressive. They use pace. They they put keys on Saad, so they took a midfielder and put him on a half forward to make him accountable, and it worked. He kicked three goals. Um, you've got... Tex Walker's got another year at the Crows. Uh, Fogarty up. He usually plays good against Eagles for some reason. He never usually plays good against anyone else. He's only kicked 22 goals for the year, Fogarty. And I've heard comments in the past, like, oh, we should go for him. And it's like, nah. you've seen it through rose-tinted glasses. He yeah. only performs against the Eagles, and I don't know why. Yeah, maybe we don't give him enough respect. Yeah. Miller, he's played all right. One of my favourite players in the AFL, Rory Led. I like the way he plays. Uh, he's a great player. Uh, they got Himmelberg, they got uh, Shane McAdam, he can turn it on, X-Factor. Uh, Brady Smith, Jordan Dawson, he's the ex-Swans player, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Um, um, Schoenberg and uh, O'Brien in the ruck. So, will Nick Natton, do we have another phone for him? or? Well, uh, well, it's funny you mentioned the rucks, because that, that's what I'm mainly thinking. And I actually missed it, I was listening to it, but I've dazed out there for a second. Um, Rotham, is he okay now? Yeah, he's a test. Test. I think bring him in uh, for Williams. Um, 
Again, and I know I'm, I'm harping on about this, but I'm not happy with the developing rucks right now. Uh, this is only obviously if Nick Nat's playing, but I'd bring Rotham in as the second ruck because um, after O'Brien, I don't think they have another designated second ruck really. And um, Williams again, and this is what I said, he had a great game last last week, which was his best game, but other than that, he hasn't done much. And he's always in the bottom five, but again on the week, I said, watch it. He'll be in the bottom five plays for the game, and again he was. So I'm thinking, bring in Rotham, it adds much, uh, a bit more to it, you got a bit more run, and he played that role two weeks ago, great, because all you want from that backup pinch-hitting ruck is for them to hit the scoreboard as well, and he kicked two goals. So to me, that's a very likely inclusion, um, and that's that's the path I would go in. I know that's a bit biased because I've made my feelings clear on how I feel I think about the developing fair. rucks. Um if you've been on three, four years on the system and you're not cementing your sport or performing to a standard, I don't think you should be there anymore. And sorry if I've upset Williams fans out there. But, yeah, I, I think that would go a long way to adding a bit more run to this side and that's, I reckon, the key to performing. I said it all hinges on Nick Nat being fit, though. Yeah, look, um, uh, well, yeah, I reckon that's an obvious thing to come in. Um, I, I had Yo coming in because Cully was going out, but now Yo's got the calf issue, so... Um, and Neil probably holds his spot. He, you know, had 17 possessions on, yeah, it was 17 or 18 possessions last week. He used a bit more in a tag role on Tuke Miller, and they left him on it. Didn't work because he's, he's one of those untaggable players almost. Yeah. But they said they wanted him to learn from yeah, the well, best as well. With, you know what I mean? Um, I thought, you know, he, you know, he didn't have a bad game. Um, so because we had the buy last week in the waffle, can't really go on form in the waffle. Um, the obvious choice is... You know, do you bring in a like-for-like like with Cully? Is there a like-for-like? Like? There isn't really, is there? Well, more – I would bring in Greg Clark. It's hard with uh, them not playing, as you touched on, because you're not going by form. But he's more a Redden-like player. Um, for me, that's the obvious one. Do you, Who was our um, sub? Dixon was our sub. Yeah, see, that doesn't help at all, does it? Um yeah, I'd bring in Clark. I'm not happy that he hasn't been given enough time in the guts. Um, like, because West has been exposed, and I'm not complaining we're not. And I want to actually quickly bring this up. So from the weekend, yeah, we've had West under 50 games, Hoff under 50 games, Foley under 50 games, Williams under 50 games, Jai Cully under 50 games, and uh, Water and Petch, I think, have just hit the 50, haven't they, recently? So we are playing kids, basically, aren't we? Like, yeah. I just named, like five under 50 game players in that squad so well I think like you said to me there's only four players that could probably come in and you know Clark's one of them the obvious one to me um Sam Petreski Seaton I'd like to see him given yeah you know, even if it's not this week the next week and the week after um is true and Isaiah Winter they're the only four that probably and you know they're the the running type players, they're the only ones that could probably come in. I can't see Wiverton getting back into the team. Um, it's not really like for like, is it? No. Yeah. So um, I can't see Jamison getting back into the team. But then again, um, I don't know. Like you said, this week, I don't think there'll be too many wholesale changes. It's all about just getting a win on the gut. You know, it's going to be the worst season we've ever had, statistically. So, because you're not going to win against Geelong and Cattery, you're basically. Oh, no, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. You're basically you're saying you're not going to win with JK finishing up this week. Uh, Fremantle's 50 50. You know, we could win it. 
can we win it? You know, that's that's another story. But like, we, we should be winning this game, and we should just be winning it. And I know people sit there, uh, will come out and win for JK. Well, this is the time to do it. You know what I mean? Well, it's the only time to do it, isn't it? You know, um, this is where you shouldn't have to put in that extra effort, but teams do. And you know, for a player like JK, I just can't see the Eagles losing this game. Oh, Touchwood was a Touchwood. There's been games, and the funny thing is that they are in better form. Adelaide on the ladder is kind of where I want to be next year. I want that six to eight wins, maybe bottom four just for that good pick still, and that'll catapult our rebuild. You know what I mean? Um, can we win? Yeah, I, th- I think we actually should win this game. It's at home, and to me, that's a big factor. JK's obviously coming in, um, so there might not be many. Changes to be honest this week, um, which is in a hindsight maybe a good thing because that's been our Achilles heel a lot during the year. So Jai Cully's obviously out. I'll drop Williams for Rotham. I just I want to get Greg Clark in there. True's fit well, again I, apparently, you, but he needs a run in the waffle. You drop Dixon and bring Clark in. True, but Dixon might be the JK and then Clark for Jai Cully. I'm clutching at straws. I'm just swapping yeah. players there, but yeah. Well, um, Anyway, get down there, guys. I've got Eagles by 21 points. What about you, Dan? Eagles by 27. All right. Um, let's hope it's a, a big win for the Eagles and for JK. Let's send him off with a good win. Um, he deserves it if anyone does. Um, again, uh, we'll have a little break for a fortnight as I'm overseas. Um, but we will, we will be back, so don't worry about that. Um, you can download the shows on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Um, if you want to... You can go to any of them and there'll be a link on there called Linktree. You press on that and that'll take you to our podcasts on um, SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify. It'll take you to all our socials as well. So look for that on any of the social pages that you are on and, you, and you're not on. You want to have a look? Take a look, guys. And until we meet again, which will be in the buy round of the finals, um, let's go Eagles, eh? Go Eagles.